Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you again, Dr. Paul. Good. Let's talk about money. Mm. Yeah, real money. You know, I, I learned a lot in Congress because, you know, uh, we thought real money meant uh, what the founders thought. Gold and silver is money. It's to be legal tender, and the states couldn't do anything other than that. They couldn't use paper. You weren't a lot of counterfeit money, and fiat money was bad. So, uh, you know, I wanted to catch up on current events. So when a guy named Bernanke, I think he had something to do with the Federal Reserve at one time, he was before the committee, and... Uh, and, you know, with my confusion, is gold money or isn't it? So ask the super expert, the leader of the free world and, and sound money. I says, I'm Chair, Chairman Bernanke, is gold money? And I think the, the, one of the most interesting things I ever had happen in Congress asking questions, sometimes uh, you get surprising answer, but it was the blank answer. It seemed like a while. It probably wasn't very long, but he just sat still, very still, and didn't say a word. And it seemed like a minute, but it was probably 20 seconds or something. But he says, no, <laughs> it's, it's not money. So uh, that opens up the door for the people who are friendly uh, toward the ideas that we have been talking about is uh, the dollar's a mess. Uh, it's, uh, the dollar isn't money, really, in the real sense of the word, in that there will be a, uh, there will be a substitute. So that, uh, that all of a sudden said, you know, um, there, there, there will be an alternative. But when Bernanke said that to me, uh, because I, he, he still didn't straighten out all my concerns, I said, yeah, but if, if it's not money, why do almost all the central banks have gold? <laughs> and he had a, lo a longer pause after that. He said, well, tradition. It's just been tradition. Well, then I still wasn't happy. You could, you could hold diamonds. And I even mentioned that to him. Why don't you just hold diamonds? That's when he said, no, it's, it's been traditional. But there's a reason why it's been traditional. Even the people who are in the total free market and the pre-central banking era, uh, you know, everybody knew what real money was all about. And they still do today. And, and the central banks know this. Uh, or they, they wouldn't have, uh, have a reservoir. Of, of gold, thinking maybe someday we'll have, have to use this. And uh, reasons that uh, have been given for uh, Nixon closing the gold window was when the countries get low on their supply of gold and they've abused the system, they always have to preserve a bit, you know, so that if they have to resume uh, the old uh, system that you'll have a nest egg there to work with and uh, of course we had a huge nest egg on gold we had uh, you know a, a huge amount after World War II and that's why we became the bankers of the world and we gained status as the as the reserve currency of the world so that uh, that that was uh, there but we did go down pretty low sold off uh, you know a lot of the gold because we we went bankrupt in the sense that we we were issuing currencies to uh, gain power and political power and military power around the world. 
And uh, we were uh, economic power and a political power, and people accepted that paper until, you know, the 60s, late 60s and early 70s. And I remember the French and De Gaulle, they, they became hated by American business people and all because they wanted their gold back. You promised us you would take dollars, we get gold at $35 an ounce. So that was a big event that led to, of course, the breakdown. And since then, we've been operating on a fiat currency, but Chris, I think there are interesting things happening right now. Interesting things, uh, dangerous too, because we have the continuation of wars and uh, Keynesian economics and deficit financing. And they've always been able to bail out and, and get things going again, like they did in uh, 2008. Uh, but it really hasn't recovered from 2008. And uh, we're, we have accelerated all the mistakes. And of course, uh, then the uh, this disputes uh, due to our desire to keep this empire uh, with other countries, especially right now, uh, China and Russia. Uh, it's not like they were on the verge of attacking us. Now, I, I don't think anybody stretches it. But anyway, uh, we uh, we decided that <coughs> we had to knock them down. Uh, now, you know, I had sort of a suspicion, uh, Chris, uh, that m maybe one of the reasons that nobody's talked about yet is, <coughs> is that it's not all about oil. Maybe it's about the fact that the Russians all along had a strategy. If push comes to shove and the world gangs up on us, maybe we will do something about, um, you, you know, introducing an old notion, reintroducing the old notion that money ought to be sound and backed by a commodity. And Chris, that is where we may be leading right now. And ironically, Russia being in the forefront. It is ironic, and it is very significant, even though it won't be pumped up very much here in our country. But Russia apparently has tied their currency, the ruble, to gold and natural gas. Um, you know, we hear from our media that Russia is isolated, everybody's united here. and But, you know, India and China are both doing business with Russia, and they are the most populated nations in the world. Uh, so it's very, that kind of contradicts the whole isolation thing. But that's neither here or there. But what if uh, India and China follow Russia in uh, introducing sound money uh, and gold? Who knows? That, that would be even more significant. Uh, what seems to be happening, Dr. Paul, is, uh, you know, people, not only individuals, other countries, they don't like to be bullied by anybody. They don't want to be told what to do. And they're it appears creating their own alternate systems in a similar way that when our major uh, social media companies censor people, you have other uh, communication systems like Gab, Telegram, and others. You know, it's, it's natural human beings. They find another way. We're like ants in that way. And it's very significant that uh, Russia has tied to gold. And like you mentioned with Bernanke, Bernanke told us gold isn't money. Why didn't Russia tie it to platinum or copper or nickel? I mean, if gold is just another dumb rock, as we've been taught by our money masters, that just sits in the ground and doesn't earn interest and it's, you know, it's virtually worthless, why did Russia tie their currency to gold? Uh, the reason is, we know, is you can take a gold coin anywhere on this entire earth 
And someone will accept it wherever you go, no matter what language they speak. They may not even be able to speak with you or their traditions or their government. You, you don't even have to explain to them, this is a gold coin. This is money. This is what this means. They will take it. They will know. So gold is money. And Russia is the first major country to uh, be making a significant move back in the direction of sound money. Very good. You know, and, and Russia's reacting to the way they've been treated, not that they haven't made plans, because Russia's history is a little bit different than uh, a lot of Americans think, that they were always the Soviet system, and they were always the aggressor, and, and they have some bad history there. And even now, they're far from perfect. But uh, the people ganging up on them, NATO and other groups like that, uh, you know, they're misplacing their energy. And I think because of uh, Russian history of having been attacked by Europeans and others in a significant way where they have suffered the consequence of millions of people being killed, you know, you have to understand all this in the, in the, in the atmosphere of the history of what was going on. So, uh, but right now, Russia is responding to uh, what they have suspected. <clears throat> They believe they have been misled uh, after they conceded peacefully leaving uh, Germany and uh, breaking up the, uh, uh, the, so uh, the uh, Soviet system, which I thought was miraculous and great. Uh, that the inference, and some people claim in detail, uh, the Russians were promised that NATO would never bug them. They wouldn't move forces really anywhere significantly close to the Russian border. And all of a sudden we found that the border really turned out to be Ukraine. And it's bouncing back and forth between, as a matter of fact, a coup occurred there in 2014 uh, that was uh, uh, against an elected government that leaned toward Russia. So that that government had to go, and we we were involved in that. We got rid of that, and then uh, we set up the government that is NATO supported, and uh, and and we've had trouble since then. Instead of them saying back and off, oh yeah, thanks for reminding us. We we did tell you Russia that uh, we we weren't going to get near you. We were going to stay away from the Russian borders, but other things dictated like power and influence and oil and gold and whatever. So they, they, they did this, but, but now, now Russia is uh, saying, look, these sanctions are way overboard and nobody really pays attention to the fact that most sanctions never accomplish what they're out to do. It's sort of like uh, uh, putting on, on tariffs on a country. They backfire, there's retaliation. And all type of sanctions tend to ba backfire. Just think of all those sanctions that our uh, well-informed <coughs> president uh, puts on oil, oil um, uh, d distribution and use of it. And then people say, what the hell it happened? Why, why? Why is oil, you know, up to $10 a gallon in some places? Oh, it was Putin. Putin did it. So blame, 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 blame on everything. But the point that we're going to be talking about today and try to make clear is Russia has reacted. They have reacted. They're not pussycats. They're not lying back and just taking it and complaining about it because uh, the sanctions are really what bothers them because on the short run, it does have a big effect. 
Uh, but the point about the sanctions are that, that they backfire. The people who put them on, who knows? Uh, if you could really add it up, the American consumer may have suffered more from the sanctions around the world uh, than the people we were trying to punish. But nevertheless, uh, we, we still do that. But now the Russians are reacting. And I think what they're on to now, and I've complained so much, the, the, the problem in the world is the destruction through the destruction of Bretton Woods and, and what happened in 1971 is getting rid of the definition of a unit of account. Because for a, a lot of years, hundreds, maybe a thousand years, the, the ounce of gold and silver was used as a definition of the unit of account. Value was placed on that. So even without central banks, that worked because they, they measured it in, in the weight of a, uh, of a precious metal. And now that's what, that's what the Russians are doing. I say, oh, you want our oil, don't you? <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and, and Europe is dependent on it. So the Europe is, you know, punishing themselves to obey what the Americans tell them to do. And then the people who want to break ranks with them, uh, Russia said, yeah, yeah, we'll sell it to you. You went and gave all these sanctions and made a lot of noise and you crashed the ruble. Uh, so you, you, you shift to our do you know, our currency up to the ruble, then we'll sell you some oil. And uh, guess what? Uh, the, the ruble recovered, and uh, they're sort of holding on, and it looks like people are paying more attention to it. For instance, I'll just read three, three headlines here that I, I spotted today. Uh, hmm. Russia is quietly making the case for owning gold, edging toward a gold standard. A paradigm shift Western media hasn't gasped yet. Russia ruble relaunched. Linked to gold and commodity. And here's another one. Russia oil traded for gold, paper market left behind. That's a lot. And I have to admit, they come from sources that doesn't, that, that will, will not, have not gotten on, you know, the average uh, propaganda machine in our media or uh, very much in, uh, in social media. The social media, some, in some places you get punished for this. You get canceled if you talk to that. It would be sort of like arguing the scientific case for natural immunity. Well, there are some natural features of money because uh, Mises always says money has to be naturally developed in the, in the, in the society and the people pick the commodity that they like best. So gold wasn't picked, uh, you know, by some government. Quite frankly, that's the reason it ended up living, lasting for so long. It, they didn't have the government. As soon as the government got involved in the monopoly, you ended up with a Federal Reserve purposely destroying the value of our dollar from 1913 on up till now and it was all done and uh and yet uh, yet the russians right now the case could be made they're, they're taking a step in the other direction in the step of restoring uh the unit of account uh and using uh commodities well will it be interesting we don't know the answer yet but I think uh, since there's something very natural and normal and honest about commodity money, uh, I think we'll see it go in that direction. Although, even commodity money, when it's turned over to the government management with central banks, uh, they're not good protectors of the value. And that's what happened in our country. That's why 1913 was bad. And that's why, you know, Nixon was bad and we eliminated it. But that, you know, one thing that we, and even including myself, we don't mention enough because everything looks dire. But 
something like this is a positive step. But what about the fact that in 1975, after 40 years of this mischief, of putting people in prison in this country if they owned and went out and bought gold. And that, that was repealed in 1974. And that was a consequence of what we did in the, on the Cold Commission in the early, uh, in the early uh, 70s. So that, that, is, uh, that is a good step. And uh, evidently, I guess the people are in Russia are allowed to buy gold because people are being encouraged. Not only the government buying it, but the people are, are allowed to buy gold too. Chris? Right, Dr. Paul. And we... Um we often get in our comments, you know, what about Bitcoin? What about Bitcoin? We put it in our title today, and our position is always the same as, you know, as Dr. Paul is, he's talking about the monopoly of money and all the destruction that has happened where we encourage the competition of money, whether it be gold, silver, Bitcoin, you know, let the market decide. That's how we got to gold and silver in the first place. It was the market that decided. It wasn't imposed from above that everyone uh, must use gold. No, uh, it was a market money, and that's why it's uh, been around for so many thousands of years. And that's why gold and silver also, they have a long tradition. Like I mentioned, you can go anywhere in the world and you don't have to explain anything uh, to somebody and they'll accept it. You know, they'll know exactly what it is. Bitcoin is very new. You can't really do that. People, it has to be explained to people. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't use it as a currency. It may end up being that way. But um, it should be competition. And the government doesn't want competition because they know deep down that they would lose that competition immediately. People would start using something else instead of this dollar that they create trillions and trillions and trillions of, and the value keeps going down. So we don't know what would happen in that competition as, you know, and that's... We're, we're different than our opponents. They always try to project, they tell you what's going to happen, kind of like when they went to Iraq. They're gonna go make it into another America, and all they did was destroy the place. And with COVID, you know, they, you're going to have to, every single place you go, you're gonna have to show your, your vaccine passport. They tell you ahead of time, they try to do it, and it all falls apart. So we're not smart enough to know, just like they're not smart enough to know what would happen. The one thing we do know, though, is with sound money, we would not have government in every single aspect interfering in our lives. And that alone would be a total breath of fresh air. Very, very good, Chris. You know, my position on it has been uh, uh, designated a long time ago, not so much on uh, blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies, I really don't know when people ask me the details, what should we do here and, and why is one better than the other and understand how it works. Quite frankly, I don't know. And Chris mentioned the part that I'm interested in, and that is the freedom of choice. Let the markets decide this. And there's so much I don't understand about crypto. I don't trust the government on its control of crypto, which if it's not here now, it will come. And that is not strange because look at what they did to gold. That was the first thing Roosevelt did. He confiscated the gold. We weren't even allowed to own it for 40 years up until 1975. So this, this is, uh, but, but making the choice is the difference and keeping the government out of it. So the government should have a role uh, in crypto or anything. And the role should be the same for crypto or gold. And, and that is, uh, don't commit fraud. 
if you're telling people that, well, your, your money that you have here is worth so much gold or something, you don't have it, uh, that would be fraud. But, uh, you know, the whole, the whole thing is the biggest fraud in the history of the world has probably been the fraud to create, you know, the dollar worldwide uh, standard, reserve currency standard. That is, nobody can count it anymore where, where dollars are stuffed. But right now, the questions are being asked, and that is something that uh, we, we as Austrian economists would predict, that eventually the people will catch on, and they'll realize there was a, the money that's been circulating in town is not real money. The counterfeiter bit it and dumped a bag full of hair, so you better be careful. And I think what is being sorted out here on world events means that there will be a reshaping of this. And my thoughts always, when I first started talking about this after being motivated by the breakdown of Bretton Woods, was to be able to at least give my two cents worth in what the reform should be like. And uh, I, I never really expected much to happen in a short period of time when I was in Congress. But we did get a lot more attention. People say that, you know, before you start talking about it, we didn't even hear much about the Federal Reserve. And we always thought gold was the silliest thing in the world. But what you need is just, uh, you know, uh, the cryptocurrencies because they're so much more efficient. And a lot of very smart, very rich people would agree with that and disagree with me. But uh, the one thing is, if you believe in liberty, you don't go around practicing the thing of banning. Say, oh, I don't believe in that, so I'm going to ban it. Uh, that is not done. The market bans it by having a couple rules. One, you respect contracts, you respect property, and you respect the ideas that uh, you can't commit fraud. Now, why would that, would that be magnificent or what? Because that's, that's about all governments do. Right now, that's the biggest complaint by the American people who are all the lying the innuendos, whether it has to deal with COVID or whether it's dealing with the monetary system and how the destruction of money has led to uh, more trillionaires than ever and more poor people can't buy in their loaf of bread. And uh, they're suffering from the inflation, which is the real tax of what we're doing. So uh, I think we're, we are at crossroads, as many people talk, and there are opportunities. And there's a lot of aggression out there to want to reimpose another dictatorial system. But there's also an opportunity for us to present our case and voluntarily try to convert and influence people into believing in, and having confidence in the cause of liberty. Excellent, Dr. Paul. I'll finish up. Uh, yes, we live in uh, significant times. Um, uh, you know, there's somebody that I read, his name is Martin Armstrong. He pointed out, you know, Rome lasted for a thousand years, but it collapsed in just 8.6 years. That's it. Because empires, politics, it's, it's lies uh, built on houses of sand, uh, houses built on sand. And they come down very, very quickly, but they catch you, they catch you off guard because unless you understand a little bit of history, you could get caught up in your own life. You know, we use dollars, my parents use dollars, my grandparents use dollars. They got social security, my grandparents got social security. It's easy to say, oh, I'll get social security. You know, that's just the way it is. It's almost like uh, the sun coming up and down. You think it's a natural part of life, but it's not. These are man-made things. and especially the fiat money money system it's built on lies kind of like covid was built on lies the wars are built on lies the key for us what we try to do with this show 
is to share ideas to help individuals build their life on something solid, not sand, you know, that falls apart. And that's what non-intervention, Daniel and Dr. Paul talk about during the week. We talked about uh, sound money, uh, volunteerism, with, during COVID especially. Uh, you know, life is too complex for authoritarians to centrally plan it. But our ideas are rock solid. They're not going to fall apart. Uh, and when I say our ideas, we didn't make them up. We're just passing them on, you know, for they're hundreds, thousands of years old. You know, so the realms of the world always have and always will collapse one after another. And that's the bad news of life. But the good news is we individually have the freedom to choose and to make decisions to make sure that we don't fall apart along with them. Very, very good, Chris. I, the nail on the head, that's great. You know, uh, I think we are at a very special time in history. Of course, there's been many t times like this. But uh, right now for us, it, it is a big time because, you know, the international uh, community, both in the social sense as well as the financial sense, is more integrated uh, due to technology and all the things that go on. That's, that's good in some ways if we were following the rules of liberty and it'd be more trade and prosperity. But unfortunately, this integration uh, f fosters all the integration of governments and the people vying for who's going to run the empire. So you you end up with not only huge local governments like our federal government, then you end up with the, the UN, the IMF, the World Bank, and you have all this stuff, just government building and building. And most people uh, sh should, if they don't already realize it, the bigger the government, the smaller the individual is. Mm -hmm. Government takes away liberty. They can't exist with it because they need the money. The, the old-fashioned way is just taxing people, but uh, the people finally get fed up with that. So you have to deceive them and lie to them and further undermine the uh, confidence uh, of government, which is probably a healthy loss of confidence, is that uh, they just print money. But the people finally catch on, and that's when the prices go up. And that's what's happening now. We're starting to pay for it. But we have to admit we're at a place now we're in financial bankruptcy. The only thing, especially since 2008, because that recession never ended with QE because QE is perpetual, and they think they're backing off from QE right now. But so far, there's no signs that that's really going to happen. So it's going to get more chaotic, and uh, the financial bankruptcy will have to end uh, uh, with liquidation of debt if we ever want to exist in a half-decent world, that you have to liquidate the debt. We're not going to work it our way off it, and we will have to liquidate it, or it will be liquidated, because that's what governments do, by just printing money and paying off the bills. Keep the checks going. People always worry about, well, what about my Social Security check? You're going to get it. It's just not going to have as much value. You'll be poorer. Everybody will be poorer except the people who parked their money in a place that was meant to be protected. Because the more, uh, uh, the more inflation, people have to put their money someplace. They're not going to, they're very wealthy. They're not going to buy gold and, and this sort of thing. But what they do, they put it in stocks. The very wealthy people uh, <clears throat> made their money in stocks. So when you have a system like this, the people end up with the prices going up and paying the inflation tax while the stocks go up and they become the trillionaires. I would like to see how many trillionaires uh, are out there that did it by pure production without the assistance of government or any government spending. Uh, I quite frankly don't think you're going to find any. And uh, so that's a distortion of wealth. The danger there is causes class 
class and generational conflicts. Uh, people get upset with it. Uh, I mean, I even, you know, get upset, even though I'm cautious, people who make money, because some people are out there and they still make money by providing a service to people. And we have to remember that. But the problem is the big money and the big power structure, the people in government, it's all done by being part of the deep state and participating in it. So uh, I think that uh, the, uh, the, the financial bankruptcy is all by, also compounded by the moral bankruptcy. And all you have to look at, you know, our judicial system. And uh, it, it's, it's just a shame what's going on there and, and how, how corrupt that is. And there's always been some of that in there, but now it's worse than ever. And so so politicized. And right now I see signs that the American people are waking up. I mean, this whole idea that you lose your job because you say, you, you, you talk to your, your college students, your high school students, said, you know, there's a thing called natural immunity, a very neat little thing came along and we need to understand that and the common man uh, knew about it all along and it was purposely used you know to uh, prevent uh, you know serious illnesses spreading so this uh, this natural immunity uh, was something but now you can go you can be canceled for this you can lose your job because you you talk about natural immunity doctors lose their licenses for talking about that so th it, it is a mess but i think there is an awakening i just love it when i see you know just recently i think it was in wisconsin there was a major school board race and a lot of incumbents lost and a lot of just housewife mothers you know who had never been in politics before they went out and campaigned and said we care about our kids so that's the weapon and the issue that probably these authoritarians didn't quite realize because they wanted control of the kids. They got control through the government school system. Now, if there's a, a, a decent idea the parents would hold, they say, we have to take care of our kids. Some don't do a very good job, but most mothers and dads want to take care of their children, and that has struck a nerve, and they have been activated. So, and I think that's great, because that means there's always a remnant out there of people knowing what's right. They've just been lazy and haven't made it, but now things are bad enough that they are speaking out and they're participating. So we should we should be excited about that, because that, that, is, that is coming. And we may, before the end of this particular year, understand just how live and well this revolutionary spirit will go. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.